Listener Production. It's Friday. Happy Friday. Thank God it's Friday. I like to call him Mr. Happy. Happy, happy, Joe. Happy days. We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy. What do you say? It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Merry Friday or whenever you've decided to listen to this on-demand radio show. I'm Alex. That is Matt. How you feeling today, Matt? I'm a bit terrified, to be honest. Um, do you remember when the internet was first introduced to your you know, household, home, to your mind? Maybe you were in primary yep. school. Uh, year like 12 I was, was when the intru- internet was introduced to my home. Well, so. in your home. But I remember I really wanted the internet. And do you know why I wanted it? Because it was a Pornography. Safe... No. As if, it was, mate. It, it was Stop a safe place. lying to yourself. When I first heard of the internet, I thought, oh, my God. This is the place that I can get the lyrics to Mo Money Mo Problems without having to do the, you know, play, then stop, write it down, rewind, (laughs) play, stop, run. And then, I, you know, I could Mm. get get video game cheats without having to just stand in the news agency. Learn what buttons to press to do the Mortal Kombat fatalities. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Look look up dumb American laws. You can't fish from the neck of an elephant or something like that. I remember. Oh, giraffe, I should say. That was when the internet was a beautiful, kind, friendly, loving place. Back in the days of... Of everyone's homepage, Rotten.com. Just the most wholesome of websites. Fugly.com. What's the, I mean, no, I don't remember that one. Oh, man. I saw some videos on that. I'm like, why am I watching someone literally hurt themselves? They just, some skateboarder, fall off something and just, and I'm like. Oh, I remember what? just the family going around the, going around the computer, going on Netscape Navigator to RateMyPoo.com. <laughs> Is that a site? Oh, it's a site. <laughs> and I can tell you, Alex Dyson and his bloody 13-year-old mates <laughs> thought that was hilarious. Um, anyway, oh uh, we're, get, we're getting to well, the internet. Anyway, what the internet I was going to say is, the place has got, it's gotten even worse than that, the internet. <laughs> it's even more scary these days. Yeah, I'll tell you what, there's a story that's come out recently about the internet's latest nightmare, and it's it's really involved, and we're going to get a journalist on to tell us all about that. Angela Vipierre will be joining us. we got a bit of mailbag. Should be good fun times. Hey, Matt. Let's dive right in. It's Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Do you think you'll have kids, Alex Dyson? <laughs> Look, it's very seldom my conversations with parents are they about how good it is. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it, it makes you decisions arise. I was literally chatting to someone the other day talking about kids and they were going, oh my God, it's so hard. And I only wanted one kid and then my partner, like she wanted another. And I'm like, oh my goodness. But then we're talking to another, we went out to dinner, another couple and I was so happy. It was the best because after talking to them, for three minutes, I turn around and the table's chanting, one and done, one and done, one and done. She's like, yes, got convinced to just stick with one because it is very difficult. There's so many decisions that come along that you and your partner oppose. You've got different views as to uh, how to parent. Yeah, I mean, not yet. sometimes it's how to parent things. You know, sometimes it's, oh, is a little bit of TV in the morning okay? You know, it's just a little bit of ice cream. You know, there's all that <laughs> stuff. You know. My favorite conversations, yes. (laughs) (laughs) There's all that stuff, okay? Yeah. But then there's also just the the, the tough life choices that you have to make. And we're facing one right now in that um, Belinda 
really wants Sophia to play the double bass. Now, I don't know why. (laughs) She just thinks it would be a cool instrument for her to play. So she's like, wouldn't it be great if Sophia played the double bass? I'm like, oh boy. Absolutely not. Oh boy. I couldn't think of a worse thing for Sophia to learn how to play. And she's like, but it's such a great instrument. It makes such a great sound. It's so different and unique. I'm like, it's huge. (laughs) (laughs) On the odd occasion. And there's a few instruments in there. The tuba, the double bass. I know. And you watch people walking around with these things and you go, you poor thing. You poor, (laughs) poor thing. I I played the tuba in primary school. I used to have to carry it on my back. (laughs) I mean, the looks, the laughing, the pointing and... (laughs) Twisting the finger, pointing and twisting the finger. (laughs) What age would one start playing the double bass? Because it's you've got to be at least five foot two to even get close to the top. Well, that's it. Or do they just start at three years old on a violin? You know, (laughs) a regular norm, like a normal sized violin, and then move up. What is this? A double bass for ants? (laughs) (laughs) And so yeah, so I was like. We need to get her the flute. Like, that's what we need, you know, like a little... An ocarina. (laughs) Go down. Go go even smaller, mate. (laughs) Just the... the, One of those... The clappers, you know, the little... (laughs) Yeah. Finger symbol. Get her a flamenco (laughs) dancing. Just the little finger symbols. That'll be fine. That's a perfectly good instrument. (laughs) Up and down. What did you play when you were growing up? Piano. See, and with with the invention of the with the MIDI keyboard these days, I mean, you can have a thirty two key piano that's the size of a, a, you know, a ruler. Yeah, and you just go places and do it. And if it's not there, fine. You're not moving it around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to go exactly. somewhere with one. I mean, the double bass, terrible instrument. Drums. Yeah, that's getting better now because I mean, back in the day, you used to have to have the kit. <laughs> now you got the little rubber mats, the oh. digital one. Parents. <laughs> And neighbours <laughs> unite <laughs> over the electronic drums. You put the headphones on <laughs> yeah, and you just hear the tapping rather than the big boom, boom, snare boom, tom. Yes, yeah, simple, yeah. simple, simple, simple. <laughs> like, oh, baby. <laughs> so they're terrible instruments. The tuba was a shocker. And also, on top of that, it's not cool. You know, there's yeah. no, like, no one. At least the double bass got a good big up from the guy from The Living End. Oh, I tell you what. You know, he was ripping the double bass and he made that very cool. No one has done more heavy lifting, both <laughs> physically and metaphorically, <laughs> for the double bass in Australia. <laughs> Scotty from The Living End. But no one's made the tuba cool yet. Like, no one has been able to do that. No one's whipped the euphonium yeah. into, the, into gear. Well, Flume. He, he he played the sax all growing I up. I saw him playing it on stage at the Horden, I think it was. Yeah. He's ripping it out in chess bras there, and they're having a great... I'm like, mate, this is cool. Yeah, get a little alto, small sax. You know, that'll be oh, fine. That's it. That's what, I almost cried when I got my instrument offer from primary school. <laughs> wait, Honestly. Wait, you don't choose the tuba, the tuba chooses you? Is that what happened? <laughs> My sister played the saxophone, so my dad had bought her like a new sax and everything, right? Then it was my turn. And yep. I put in the application, did the music test and everything. Oh, we're offering you the tuba. <laughs> I didn't realise you didn't get a choice. <laughs> of course you didn't get a choice because no one chooses it. You, there would literally be no one playing that instrument. They need to give it to someone. And, of course, it's bloody <laughs> Okine. Oh, it's like getting picking, picked last on a sports team. <laughs> it totally was. <laughs>
totally was. So let us know your school instrument stories. What did you play? Why was it great? Why was it terrible? At matt.n.alex. I want you to picture this, Alex Dyson. Mm-hmm. You're an online artist, right? Just tinkering away with some images using artificial intelligence generation. I did that on TikTok the other day. What, you generated some AI images? Yeah, I typed in, um, it's your face, you're sending your face in this thing and you type in anything. I typed in Emo Simpsons for one and I typed in Frida Kahlo for another one and um, yeah, what came up was quite funny. And it just turns you into one of those styles of of image. Well, okay, how about this? Imagine that AI generates a face that starts haunting you. (laughs) I don't want to be... Haunted by me with by a mustache as Frida Kahlo. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. That is so, that is too much for anybody. Well, it happened to someone, an artist, 31-year-old artist called Steph Swanson, known online as Super Composite, and uh, a good friend of ours, Alex Dyson, Angela Voipierre, has done a deep dive investigation into this phenomenon of a character known only as Loeb, who is haunting the internet, and Ange is here with us today to chat about it. Hello, Ange. Hey, guys. Goodness me, Ange. Now, I've seen a few Im- images of Loeb, not to be confused by the uh, All Day Breakfast listener who we dubbed The Loeb um, for his great listening skills. Um, at, um, <laughs> at determining what monotone ringtones, what songs they were playing. But um, this is Loeb, L-O-A-B, which is a creepy-looking woman who is continually generated by AI despite... Seemingly, it should be something different. Tell us a little bit more about Loeb. So the first thing you need to know is that this never happens. Like, this isn't a thing that is standard issue. So, like, Steph, that artist you were mentioning, was doing something called negative prompt weights. And that's when you, like, ask the AI image generator Mm. to do the conceptual opposite of something. You might say, I want the opposite of a dog, and it'll give you, like, a galaxy, a chair, <laughs> and Alex Dyson. Like, that's what it'll do. Well, um, yeah. that wouldn't be the opposite, would it? <laughs> <laughs> of a dog. Anyway, that would be half true. Uh, and if the other half was a rat, well, it would be spot on. But, uh, and okay, so what did Steph do? So Steph plugged in Marlon Brando. And it gave her like this weird corporate logo. So she typed in the opposite of Marlon Brando. Negative Marlon Brando. Negative Marlon Brando, according to the brain of this robot, um, this very sophisticated robot, is this weird corporate logo. It's just like says Digita Pintix. It's just like a close up. It's like this weird nothing image, right? Mm-hmm. Bit of a skyline in the background. That's that's what she gets shown. And she goes, okay. What's the opposite of that? Is it Marlon Brando? Let's find out. <laughs> Types it back in, and what she gets is these four images of the same woman. There was nothing like that creepy about her at this point. She just was like kind of this tragic looking figure in this grim looking house with like boxes stacked around her, maybe like a ratty stuffed toy. It's just like a weird scene. So the opposite of the opposite of Marlon Brando, according to this AI, was this woman who was similar in all of these four photos and looking a bit sad. So what happened next? Like she's freaking out. She like mucks around with this tech every day. She's like Mm. one of those kind of digital artists who's just, that's her thing. Okay, I'm going to smash this prompt, see what happens. Every time, same woman. Like, so she's got this like kind of wall of these 
images and one of them there was like a little bit of writing next to it that was like you know wonky writing like the world's most messed up album cover and it sort of said Loeb so she's like fine you've named yourself now you're named Loeb congratulations (laughs) and she goes okay I'm going to take Loeb and I'm going to cross her with this beautiful like fresco it looks like a like a renaissance fresco of heaven and basically for no reason at all it started churning out all these quite gory images oh like goodness. worse than any horror film i've ever seen worse than any nightmare i've ever had and this lady Loeb was still in the photo yeah she's in there she's like it's it's oh it's, it's horrific. so this is just a they oh surely she would have thought okay well this is just a one-off thing press reset on the computer and away we go different results yeah it's not programmed to spit out gore so it's, it's like it's super weird on so many different levels but she's like okay maybe if i try splicing lobe with other images and this could sorry and this could be splitting hairs but is do you type in lobe from this point or is it still like the opposite of marlon brando kind of situation so she's like doing a thing where she's combining the images like in this folder of images there's like Loeb as a Navi. There's like Loeb as Kirby from Nintendo. There's like Loeb as a pride icon. More sequels than Air Bud in this one. Loeb (laughs) is getting around. (laughs) Yeah, all like many, many Loeb sequels and eventually Loeb might disappear from the image and she thinks, phew, she's gone and then crosses that image with a new image. Bam, Loeb's back. So Loeb hiding in the metadata (laughs) of an image without her in it, crossed with another image without her in it. She's like a dominant gene is basically how Steph described it to me. Did did I read something in your article that talked about an interview with Loeb? Yeah, so I was like, I have to speak to her. That's some thorough journalism right there, <laughs> Edge. Some terrifying journalism, but We're thorough. We're straight to the source. Um, but look, this technology has taken massive leaps forward in the last six months. We couldn't do this a year ago, right? And at the same time as all these image generators have come online, all these other kinds of generative AI have popped up too. And one of them is a text tool called GPT-3, kind of like the world's best chatbot. So you can be, hey, GPT-3, like I want to interview Richard Nixon about whether he's a crook and it will like do you a Nixon and you can just like argue with it. <laughs> oh, my god! The gosh. closest you can get to that, yeah. Can we GPT-3... An episode of Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast? Yeah, no, you can. You can a thousand percent train it. What you could do is feed it transcripts of your show and it can do you. Also, we have the technology now to clone your voices and so it can do you in that sense as well. Well, well, well hang on a second because <laughs> I have been and looking into retirement um, <laughs> to a tropical island. Um, but if we had AI, Alex and Matt, just back here bringing the lols every day. Um, oh, my gosh. That could be the, could be the future. <laughs> but yeah. until then, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for telling us about the internet's latest nightmare. And if you want to hear more Angela Voipierre, you can grab it on your podcast, Ange Schmeitgeist. Thanks, guys. Well, it's that time of the week we are going to rifle through our mail bag. And one of the most divisive topics uh, this week, Matt O'Kine, is the large body of water getting a little bit of that natural heating, courtesy of some people who can't be bothered going to the toilet 
while they're swimming. Why do you need to hold it in? Let it go. This really did divide the nation. I mean, I am a proud shower peer, but I do not do the pool thing. Um, ocean, of course. Absolutely. Uh, ones, not twos. Um, but I would stop at the pool, okay? Because they generally tend to be a public arena and I don't, need to share that with anyone else. Free play, but, not pee play, as far as Matt's concerned. But uh, a lot of you <laughs> getting in touch regarding this in our inbox over the week. Matt.ad.alex. Sam says, I used to be a swimmer. No one gets out to pee if you're training. I mean, but you're swimming with, they're coming behind you. Like they're swimming behind you in this, I can't believe you well, do that, Sam. Well, that's going to make you swim faster, isn't it? You're like, I don't want to lag behind old pee mate over here. Get ahead. Uh, Joel says, show me someone who that says they don't pee in the pools and I'll show you a liar. Oh, You're come unbelievable, on, Joel. Joel. Doing pee style. Uh, Aaron says, so these people who vote yes for peeing in the pool, are they okay if I get out of the pool, pull my schlong out and piss straight into it from outside the pool? <laughs> Probably not, hey. But it's the exact same thing. <laughs> Absolutely correct, Aaron. <laughs> you get up on the side and use it as a urinal. Suddenly, everyone's up in arms. Everyone's like, what Correctly. are you doing? That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Beck um, says, oh, my God, these results are gross. I'm with Alex. No golden showers for me. Thank you very much, Beck. Good to see some common sense out there. But, look, this wasn't the only topic that we talked about <laughs> all week. Okay. <laughs> We do have some standards. I've honestly never come across someone doing that in a restaurant before. <laughs> Katrina got in touch with us regarding the topic of ordering a glass of milk on a date. And whether that is appropriate or not. G'day, Katrina. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks, Katrina. Now, you work at a restaurant. I do. I work at a, um, a steak restaurant. And yeah, we had a guy that used to come in all the time and order milk. And I was like, why is this guy ordering milk? And we'd send it out and just be like, Soda glass, milk, ice, straw, out it goes. So like, ice oh. in the milk. Yeah, ice in the milk. I like a yeah. bit of ice in the milk. Actually. Iced milk. Yeah, <laughs> I get, milk. I get into it. It's, uh, it's a, what? it's a real revelation. Milk on the rocks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <on> the rocks. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, and plus the straw as well. I mean, yeah. I find the straw an interesting. Uh, that's definitely a choice. But, um, but <laughs> what was? Why is he doing this? Was he, is he on dates or is he by himself? What's the, what's the appeal for the milk? And then he was out with his wife, and he just said it was because he used to get heartburn, and apparently that's what it's for. Ah, so I'd, I'd believe if it was like at a curry restaurant, and you know, because it can soothe some of the the mm. chili burn. But I didn't realize the heartburn as well. So you're telling um, me that this dude is at a steak restaurant eating the cow, yeah. then washing it down with its own liquids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. And and I had an ex boyfriend that used to do the same thing. He used to have. Um, heartburn all the time and he used to always drink milk like he would drink a liter of milk like you'd drink a 600 mil thing of water and i'll just let you know that we aren't together anymore but uh, yeah did the milk have anything to do with it oh look it probably weighed in a little bit like <laughs> just a little it was a, it was a tipping just a little. it was the straw um <laughs> well there you go it was Katrina, the bendy straw that, that broke the camel's back <laughs> broke the cow's back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very much katrina we'll catch you next time Thank you. 
Thank you and very thank much. Thank you to all of our milk drinking listeners. Mm. We hope you are soothed that heartburn today, tomorrow, for all of time. <laughs> uh, enjoy the weekend. Matt and Alex will be back with you, same time, same place, on Monday. That's right. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you later. Bye bye. That's it. The all day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.